Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Hello, hello. So fun, another week. Here we are. We have springtime weather here finally. We have to give you the update because it's pretty exciting. I know you were sitting on the edge of your seat. I took my shoes and socks off today to walk around on the warm concrete. I had a little girl in my class today as we left that when we went out on the sidewalk waiting for pickup, she took her shoes off and just stood on the warm concrete. And I was like, oh, girl. Yes. I feel you. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Take those shoes off and run around barefoot. It feels so good. It feels good. We have um, an African tortoise. Yes. It's quite large that mm-hmm. hibernates in our basement. Mm-hmm. This has been such a long winter. Usually he's had some days outside by right. now. Yeah. Like quite a few. And he hasn't. we haven't dared take him out. There's snow it's on the ground. So, I can't take him yeah, out. Yeah, he can't be in the snow. But he's waking up. So he like yeah. pushes. You can, hear the box. you can hear him scratching on the box. <gasps> So anyway, I took him out yesterday. Oh, lucky little turtle. Happiest turtle tortoise. ever. Tortoise. Tortoise. Yes. Tortoise. Remind me his name. Spike. Spike. That's yes. Right. So to see Spike out in the yard is like, yes, yep. we have arrived. Here it goes again. Now, does he stay out all the time now? Like, was he out last we night? We bring or him in in the nighttime. Okay. It gets a little cold So he goes back in his box mm-hmm. at night and then you take him out when in it warms day, up. In the day, he's out there right now. Yeah. So as long as it stays warm in the days, like he'll stay out and then as it's you know, probably May, he'll start yeah. staying out all, all day, all night. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, fun to see you know like a, a good new time pet again. Year. Yes. After he's been gone right? for the winter. We have people who only come to see our to turtle. See they turtle. don't want to see us. It's fine. <laughs> well, that's really cool and unique to have a turtle. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's nice. Very cool. Very but cool. we are actually here to talk about books. Here we go. But before we do that, do you have a fun fact? Fun fact. Yes. Ethan Joella. And I think in the last episode I called, I said Ethan Joel. Uh, Ethan Joella. I apologize for that mispronunciation. Um, the author of our book, A Quiet Life, for this month, which that's coming up next week. Oh, if you haven't get started reading. reading, get reading. Anyway, um, following up with this interview on the nerddaily.com, they ask him, tell us a bit about the challenges you faced while writing and how you were able to overcome them. He said that this book was such a lesson for me. When you write one book and it gets published, so this is his second book. Okay. So um, when you write one book and it gets published, you start to convince yourself it might have been a fluke. Revision is so challenging for me. And when I finished the first draft of A Quiet Life, I didn't feel like it quite worked the way I wanted it to. Some of it felt forced and unnatural. A Little Hope, my first novel, needed revision too, but it was smaller. Another chapter added for character development or some trimming. A Quiet Life had to be ripped apart and stitched back together with the ending completely rewritten. I knew all the work I had to do, but it was overwhelming. So I let it sit for about six months and worked on some new writing. Finally, in fall 2020, during COVID, I forced myself to sit in the dining room a couple hours a day and take it one section at a time, making sure that each piece was completely working. Most of the book takes place over just a few days. Mm. So I had to be so exact with the arc, keeping the various characters' timelines aligned. I had a lot of charts and notes. It took a long time, but finally I got it to a point where I was ready to show my agent. I think I really grew as a writer from this book because I learned a lot about revision. Wow. I feel like when you create something and then you have to totally take it apart, it's just like, it's just not quite right. The thought of taking it apart. Yes. Oh. I also think like, 
I think we put a lot of stock in like the magic of a book just coming Flowing out. out. Yeah. Yeah. And I love English class. So I will also say, like, I kind of love the process of, like, having an idea and then, like, ooh, what about this? And then maybe taking it somewhere different. I kind of love that he did. I love that he did, but I hate that for myself. Like, to me, it's like, if I take it apart, can I get it back together? Like. You break oh, a vase, it might can be you amazing. get it all back? I know, but it's just too, that's scary to me. That's terrifying. So that is so interesting. I really commend him for that. For that the is taking cool. apart and putting back together. Agreed. So, Very cool. Yeah, and he does have another book coming out in 2024. So if you, you read this one with us, if you like it, um, the next one called The Same Bright Stars comes out summer of 2024. He's very excited about that. So really cool. Awesome. Very His cool. Third book. That is cool. Yeah. Right on the horizon. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, Sarah. Yeah. Take us down. Okay. What you've been reading. What's on your shelf? All right. The first book I want to talk about today is... A Fall of Marigolds by Susan Meisner. 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 I think think. Meisner. Yeah. Um, This book was recommended to me by multiple people. Like I kind of threw out on Facebook, hey, I need a new book. What should I read? And like multiple, oh yeah, I second that. Read that book, read that book. So I was like, oh, what is this book? I love recommendations like that. Um, I had never heard of it before then. Uh Um, It's not. A cover I was like thrilled about. It's kind of different. It's just got some flowers. It's kind of a little bit simple. Yeah. I want a really it's catchy cover. It's not one you cover. would look at and be like, I want to read this book. But no. it's not bad. No, it's not bad. It's just not very eye-catching. There you go. Um, It's the story. I'll tell you this. I ended up loving it. Okay. I gave it four stars. It's the story. It's it's a two-story. One, char- one main character is um in the past. In like the early 1900s. Okay. And another is like current time. Well, like 2011. Okay. Okay. So um, two stories that are, ta- they both live in New York. One, the night, you know, the early 1900s is a nurse on Ellis Island when people are immigrating from Europe and they have to be like in droves. Right. And they have to be checked for illnesses. And if they are considered right. sick, they have to go stay in a sick ward for, before they're allowed before into the United States. The um, and she is a nurse on Ellis Island. So she's just attending to these new immigrants. She also witnessed a horrific um, building fire where people were like being burned alive Ugh. and they couldn't escape from this building because they just, I mean, it was the early 1900s. Right. And they didn't have like, escape you know proper safety it wasn't needed they didn't know they needed it yet yeah have you been to that building on ellis island where they would come in so when you said that i've i've been there like i did the whole tour and it's just this big like it was so cold and sterile Mm. and you know you go around and you read all the signs and it's like this is where people stood in line for hours to be checked for various things and then to be turned away and have to get back on the boat or you know some of their family members could go into the country but some had to go back and get on boats like this is and they had to it had happened quick they had to say goodbye and go so when you say that i can just see it yes 
it's very it's, sad. Like yeah, you so you get you get some stories yeah from that people's experience that her what she's watching and experiencing experiencing as a nurse um and then the other main character who is more our time she is she had her husband died in the twin towers attack okay and so another building right that's coming down and her experience with that and um it i will say this i have not read an account of the Twin Towers that felt like a historical account. It was kind of interesting. It was different for me where it wasn't like a real live first person's account because we have so many right. of those. Right. Like a historical fiction. Yes. On it's the a Twin Towers. Historical fiction. Yes. That, it's so weird because it doesn't seem like it happened no, that long ago. It like was- it's. 20, history but almost it, 25 years ago yeah, it has been a long time right like it was a long time ago and and yet it still feels very fresh to me right i experienced exactly. that i yeah. had an experience with that and so that was really really fun i, I ended up really liking reading it like reading. that and reading okay. it as like a historical fiction and and of course these two women are connected by a beautiful scarf um, that has lasted mm-hmm. all of this time and the two different experiences with their own times in history. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was a great book. It was a great recommendation. I highly recommend it. It's different than other historical fictions I've read. I don't know a lot about the Ellis Island crossing and to hear about that. I, I, we've kind of talked about this. Yeah. I sometimes get we get wrapped up in the World War II historical fictions because there are so many, so many and it was such an impactful time. Absolutely. I don't want to take away from it, but there was a lot of other things that have happened in history that I'm right. totally blind There's to. so much. And I loved this. So I thought it was really well I done. It. I gave it four stars. It's called, again, A Fall of Marigolds by Susan Meisner. Oh, I can't wait. I'm putting it on my list. Okay, my first one today is I Know Who You Are, How an Amateur DNA Sleuth Unmasked the Golden State Killer and Changed Crime Fighting Forever by Barbara Ray Venter. Now, I am a true crime junkie. Okay. I love it. I love reading about serial killers. I don't love serial killers, but I'm very interested in this genre. Like the psyche of it all. Yes, I know. This is dark. This okay. is creepy to some, but this, I read I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which was by Michelle McNamara, who was a true crime investigator. She is the one who, she's passed away before her book came out. I talked oh. about this book a long time ago, yeah. I think, but she did all this investigation on the Golden State Killer, and um, ultimately, her bringing it back up into the media is what led to them finding him about a year after her book was released. Wow. They found the Golden State Killer, and he um, is behind bars because of her work. Um, But this one, so this kind of goes along the same thing and how he was found. So Barbara Ray Venter, she was an attorney. She was a patent attorney her whole life. And then she retired, and in her retirement years, decided to... um, do her own genealogy. And it was through her interest in her own family and her own genealogy that she, and just becoming an expert on it, 
as a hobby, she got involved in um, investigative genetic genealogy. Okay. And she has become an, like, she is an expert in this now, kind of just self-taught, where FBI agents, people turn to her to solve crimes. She has, and so this book goes through how she got into it um, and what she's used to solve various crimes. She talks about um, a little boy whose skeletal remains were found and they had no idea who he was and who he belonged to. And so he was just, they're often just buried in these graves without a name or anything. And it's just marked, you know, a John Doe, baby John Doe. And so she has solved, she solved that one. She was able to, she's an expert on different types of DNA and how you can extract DNA. Back in the day, it had, it was like, had to be the root of your hair. And now they can extract DNA from a hair strand without the root on it. Saliva, um, fingerprints, oils off your fingers, and how they go about. She she looks at marriage records, she looks at newspaper clippings, at obituaries, and then she gets the DNA and finds like the closest relatives she can find, which can be like three generations back. And she is an expert on getting it down. And that's how they found the Golden State Killer. Wow. Was a cousin twice removed, I believe, or something way down, had done one of these on these new DNA sites and they were able to trace it back to the Golden State Killer. And they they had narrowed it down. They thought they had the right one, but before they went went in to arrest him, they wanted to make sure. And so they had police following him. And he got out of his car and went into a Home Depot or some kind of a store like that. Okay. And they lifted a print from his car and they were able to trace it and know that like yep. 99.9% this was him. And that is how they caught him. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. This, her work is amazing, but it also brings up a lot of questions we haven't had to ask before. Like, is this legal? Can we use oh. a private um, market like this where people are just trying to find out their ancestry or trying to find out their genealogy, where they came from, where their family is. And then should this be open to police and government or should this be private? And so they, she tackles all of that. So what did she think? Interesting. She She sees all of it. And as an attorney, she sees the legalities of it too. Yeah. And so she gives you a good argument on both sides. Interesting. And maybe how it should be attacked. And these are questions that we now need to answer to make policy. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. that's how policy is made by you know, these different inventions and evolution of our world. And we need to keep policy going along with it and current. Yes. So super interesting read. I gave it four stars. Um, That's awesome. Again, I Know Who You Are by Barbara Ray Venter. That's awesome. I really enjoyed it. Very, very cool. All right. The next book I want to talk about is The Adventures of Amina Al-Sarifi by S.A. Chakraborty. Chakraborty. 
Awesome. It is a different last name. I'm sure I butchered it. So that all of whole my thing apologies. Is different. The title, the cover. It is tell different. us. It is really different. What is this book about? Um, I cannot even remember where this book came from for me. I don't know, but I had it in my like want to read list and it was the right amount of time for a hold. Yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Um, this is a really fun story. It is the story of a pirate. But she's not your average pirate. Okay. She usually, and I love this, even at the beginning of the story, they say, you know, most pirate stories are of men or they're of young women where the story ends in her finding a love interest and going on to family life. This is not that story. She is a pirate. She's been a pirate. She retired from piracy mm-hmm. to be a mom. She had a baby. And so she stayed home and was a mom and then is brought back into pirate to be a pirate again when her yeah. daughter is 10 and her adventures on the sea. Wow. I this is a different story. It is a fantasy. Yeah. It is it's happening in the Indian Ocean. Um she is Muslim. Okay, she's got other pirates in her crew. Yeah. That are also Muslim, but some are Christian. So they have different religions. It's a little bit touched on. I loved it so much. Really? I love this story so much. It is for sure a pirate story. They encounter sea beasts and other bad pirates, and they're looking for treasure and saving their crew and all the things you can imagine in a pirate story. It is like Pirates of the Caribbean um, with a female lead. I loved it. Wow. I loved it so much. And you rooted for her the whole time. And she's there's mythical type people that she's running into. Mm-hmm. And there's like another world that just is basically side by side to ours that we don't really see. That mm-hmm. sometimes she accidentally steps into and then has to come back. Anyway, it's fun. It is so fun. It's so well done. It's a long book. I will tell you that. It's a longer book. I was never bored. I enjoy it. I think I finished. It's a 17-hour book. I listened to it. Uh-huh. I think it's like almost 500 pages to tell you. I listened to it in four days. Wow. I loved you just it. just loved it. And I like really, really enjoyed it. Um, she is... I think the thing I loved about it the most was the main character. She's a mom. She's worried about getting home to her daughter. So she's constantly balancing it's like more than just the risk. her job on the sea. Yes. It was her life back home as well. Her yes. Whole life. And she's she's a mother to her crew. So she constantly is con- worried about their lives, getting them home to their families. Um wow. and being you know, the way people look at a female captain. Like she has to be strong because they don't take her seriously. Anyway, I just loved it. Wow. I, I gave it four it, stars. I thought it was super fun. Oh, it was really just that it was kind of long. But even yeah. that, like, it didn't it didn't deter me. I enjoyed it. So if you're looking for a good fantasy that's yeah. going to – that's different. That's Out on not, the sea. It's not so fantasy that you're, like, having to, like, imagine fake worlds. It mm-hmm. all felt real in the sense that, you know, everything was – they're on a ship. I understood all of the things happening. It wasn't like, wait, now what is that creature? You know, it was all very much within the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely a fantasy wow. with a fun female lead. I just, I really enjoyed it. It's called The Adventures of Amina Al-Safari. And 
I gave it four stars. Fantastic. Yeah. Good start. Okay, my next one is called Flight by Lynn Steggerstrong. This came out in November of 2022. Um, so it's a recent book. And I, I really liked it. So the premise of the story is it's Christmas time. And there are three siblings. There is a daughter and two sons. They are all married. Two of them have kids. One of them does not have kids. But within the past year, their mother has passed away. Okay. And so they are getting together for the first time, not in Florida at mom's house. Mm. They're getting together at one of the brothers' house houses. And the point of getting together is, yes, we're going to spend Christmas together, but we've got to decide what to do with mom's house and with our inheritance and what what do we do now with this? What do we do with her house? And her house is a little run down, but of course it has memories. It's where they all grew up. It's in Florida, which is where they all go for Christmas. So this Christmas is really different. And it's this book is real. Like these are real people that you could be your neighbor or your friend. Like one child, you know, one of the siblings has a child with ADHD and another one has a child with ADHD as well. And they're each treating this ADHD very differently. And so then I just, I just, related so much like you look at your siblings and you it's really easy to think like oh my gosh why aren't you doing things this way or they have so much money they're fine you know when in reality we don't know all the time what are the ins and outs of their lives we can make assumptions on if we think they're doing the right thing or not but we don't know how they came about making decisions, why they're doing things a different way. Their spouse was raised a different way. And how does that influence their family? We don't know the day-to-day decision-making of each of our siblings' families. So when we all come together and we they all have a different opinion on even how Christmas should be done and celebrated, how we should decorate the tree always like mom did, or should we start something new or, you know, I should get to keep the house. And then in, because you guys are fine financially and we're struggling. So we could come in, we could fix it up and live there for this long and then sell it. And the profit, you know, like all these, everyone's coming with their predetermined solution with their assumptions Yep. And sounds like a real family. What do we do? Yeah. We have a hard time understanding where everyone else is coming from, and it's leading to some hard feelings. And then there is a local lady and her daughter who are not related to them, but are in the picture from the town and the community. Anyway, I just thought it was very real and very Mm. eye-opening to, yeah, this is what happens when we when our families converge and we maybe don't talk a lot throughout the year. So there can be a lot of assumptions made or we talk a lot and there are still assumptions made. Right. It happens. And um, how do we come to an understanding? I gave it four stars. I really liked it. It's called Flight, a novel by Lynn Steggerstrong. Awesome. That sounds good. All right. Um, All right. The last book that I'm going to talk about today is Spare by Prince Harry. Oh, this is 
I'm on Long the wait list for awaiting this, this one. Yes. Um, I think we all are. Right? And Lucky our library has so many um, copies. Did you know that? No, because I'm waiting. Wait, And I've been on the wait list since it came out. I'm going to tell you how far down the wait I still am and how long I've been on it. Do. Tell us. Oh, no. Did what? it come available and I didn't <gasps> catch it? Because no. it's not on my holds anymore. No. Sometimes does that happen when you don't Sometimes. catch the alert? But doesn't it just put you back on the list down? Oh, you would think. Darn it. Oh, my gosh. I want to cry for you. I want to cry because it's no longer there and I know it was there because I had been watching it. I, for real, want to cry for you. A um, 12-week wait. Here I go. I'm glad I checked because I've yep, just been waiting and waiting. I don't know have, what happened. We have. I'm 730th in line. But there are 126 copies at our oh, library. Wow. So only six people per copy. Okay. So it'll go quick. Yeah. You'll get it. Well, 12 weeks. They keep adding, they keep adding more, more copies because it's, because so it's popular. hello, 700 and something 730th in line is what I am. Oh my God. And I've been on hold since it came out. It came out like in. I am like so sad for you because I actually, I loved this book. Okay. I will say this. There was nothing in this book that felt like mind-blowing, shocking revelations. Mm-hmm. Um, It felt like a very real and honest account of his life experience. Um, He touches on being a child, remembering his mother. Mm-hmm. He remembers her death. Um, he... Time with William and his dad um, and the queen. He, I would say even like three-fourths of the book are just like him a little bit as a child, a small bit as a child, mostly as like a youth Mm -hmm. and a single adult. And his experiences like looking for a wife and dating and in the military and how important the military was to him. Can I tell you, I always kind of had a crush on him. He is, He's I can see why. good looking. And I, my husband's a redhead. I have a thing. There you go. For a redhead and have <laughs> my whole there life. There you go. He and is I for you. just think he, he's so you cute. You will love this. He's always been my favorite out of the two. I will say after this, I would, I like he him. He's the good choice. I like, yes. I, yeah. I don't. Now, obviously, William has not shared anything personal. So right. that's hard. But it's that choice alone makes me like Like, Harry. Right. The fact that he did open up and we can see a little into his life. It was fascinating to me just to hear his feelings on the way that he's treated by paparazzi, the way that the inner workings of the court are, right? Like the royal court. Um, You have a lot of, I think, ideas and assumptions about the way that he lives. He did not live like in a castle when he, you know, once he became an adult, mm-hmm. he lived in a small apartment in a basement. Like he did not even have windows. That's so baffling. Like to he me. had a window, but the garage, like they parked their cars in front of the window. So there literally was no light. Like I sat and listened. He shops at TJ Maxx. Like, did you ever imagine that no, the Prince of there England? Is no way. Yes. He had, he did receive like money for clothing, but it was mm-hmm. meant for nice clothes that you wear to. For appearances. Appearance. Okay. So like average everyday clothes, TJ Maxx. 
He talks about when he got married to Megan, they did not even, like, they didn't get, they didn't renovate their place or anything. It was very much, um, it was just what is old. And they didn't even have a couch. She bought a couch on her credit card. Like, that, it's not, it was not the glamorous thing we thought. I would never have I know. imagined that. I actually really appreciated a little bit of, like, hey, peek in the window. I appreciated yeah. that. And the my biggest takeaway, like, I'm not going to tell all of his stories. He can tell it better. I will say this. I did not agree with a lot of choices he made as, like, a single person. Like, he did a lot of drugs. He's very open about it. Um, he's not afraid to get high and that's fine. That's a personal choice. But I, and I kind of found myself going like, Ooh, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing those things and then they wouldn't be so hard on you. And I had to check myself because you know what? Nobody's personal choices need to be um, broadcast for the world to read about. Right. Nobody. And his whole life his has His whole been. life and his specific relationship with paparazzi. It's how he lost his mother. Right. Like, leave the kid alone. So leave I felt him alone. very, that very is such strongly. A trigger. Um, and they, like, the way that the royal court works is you can't, like, you don't talk back. You kind of need the press. And so you can't get mad at them or you don't want them on speak your against side, them. Yeah. For sure. And so they just kept quiet. And you'll notice that's what they do 90% yeah. of the time is they stay very quiet on things that are said about them. And he finally was done and he was going to speak his own truth and he yeah. will, he's going to contribute to the narrative. And I appreciated that. I, my biggest takeaway was like, even if I don't agree with the choices that they're making, it's his mm -hmm. life, not mine. I felt like they, they deserve to have a voice in this narrative that's being spoken about them and they should speak up. Yeah, I I think it would do a lot more good than bad to have them adding their own perception mm -hmm. to the mix. Somebody needs to put the paparazzi in their place. Yeah, they can't be in control like this. It's, it's so damaging, horrendous. His stories, you, I, I was like, it feels like they're being exaggerated, but with how honest he is about some of the bad things he's done, I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like that it's very, he's being very honest here and very vulnerable. I appreciated it. I really enjoyed it. I gave it five stars. Wow. I feel like I wish more people out there would share their side of the story. I think it's the right way to right. put yourself in the public eye rather than allowing these um, splash magazines to control your image and the, the public view of you. I yeah. get your voice in there, add your voice. I thought it was really well done. Um, it certainly changed my perspective of him, of uh, Meghan Markle. I, I'm, I'm rooting for them. Yeah. I will say that. I, I hope, I wish the best for them. That's Very amazing. good. Yeah, definitely came away thinking like, okay, Harry is Diana's son and William is his father's son. For sure, you and I can, yeah, I can see that coming yeah. down. I, I certainly kind of felt that way. Anyway, so that was the last one. It's, it's Spare by Prince Harry. Awesome. Um, my last one today is a Frederick Bachman. Ooh, this one. I was like, oh, how come I've never read this one? And so I, and it was available, so I got it. It's. Things My Son Needs to Know About the World. And it's short. It's only 208 pages. I don't remember how many hours it was, maybe like four hours. Um, so really short, but it 
is the sweetest book. I really thought like for a dad for Father's Day for I just it's so sweet. He is just writing essays on advice for his son about things he's learned from his life. And he is funny. He has humor. Mm -hmm. He writes so simply yet so like wise wise yes yeah so relatable and just like these are things you need to know in life what a sweet dad like it really just makes you think oh this son is so lucky to have a dad like this and you know there's probably another side to the story there but it just he you know from falling in love and having the person he falls in love with be his exact opposite and how do you make that work and and poop. He talks about poop. And <laughs> he talks just funny, sweet, serious, um, just a little guide to life. That's awesome. I really, really enjoyed it. I I can't say tell his stories like he tells his stories. Mm-hmm. It's just you just can't, but it's very heartfelt, very humorous about fatherhood and and he's writing it to his newborn son and gives him the tools he thinks he needs in the world and in life. And it's just really, I gave it five stars. I found it very powerful and very endearing. I love that. So just a quick recommendation there. I love Read that. It. Things though. my son needs to know about the world. It's fantastic. Sometimes that's the perfect, like, I just need a simple, quick like yeah. lighthearted, feel-good book. And th- that's exactly what this is. Written only like Frederick Buckman can write. Oh, I love it's that. It's beautiful. Really well done. So Awesome. That's my five star. Awesome. I yes. love that. What a great episode. What is are that you- it? Yeah. Right? Look at us. What are you reading? Please share. Let us know. We are always trying to grow our tbr absolutely um, and hope you're finding that yours is growing by listening to us yeah Thank that's you. the whole goal for sure find us on instagram and facebook you can email us at this is your book club podcast at gmail.com please rate and subscribe share with your friends thank you to amphibious zoo for our music and we'll see you next time i'm sarah and i'm jamie and, and this, this is, is your, your book club, book.